This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. For some people, the name Audubon Society conjures up images of birds or bird lovers, maybe watercolors or binoculars or life lists. But for others, the name evokes a painful reminder of John James Audubon himself, an artist and naturalist who owned slaves, opposed abolition, and stole human remains from Native American graves. It's this history that led the Portland chapter of the National Audubon Society to announce last year that it was going to change its name. It recently unveiled its new one. It's now Bird Alliance of Oregon. Stuart Wells is the executive director of this old group with a new name. He joins us now. It's great to have you on the show. It's great to be here, and thank you for inviting me, Dave. The process to remove Audubon's name from your organization, it started before you became the executive director. But my understanding is that this is something you were fully on board with. Why? Well, it, it is. Um, for me, it's really something that I had thought about. And as you mentioned in the lead up, you know, John James Audubon, for folks that work in the birding, is known for his artistic work with, you know, uh, birds of North America. But also his legacy of being pretty much unrepentant about um, uh, slavery, holding slaves. Uh, He was totally against any abolitionist viewpoints. And his egregious, uh, you know, um, uh, devastation of Native American grave sites. Those, Those are problematic and as a to person, say the least. yeah, to, to say the least, and and some would might argue, well, that was happening at a time that um, you know his time. There was a lot of views that were consistent with that. But one of my kind of barometers for things like that, as we're assessing name changes and things of that nature, is do those philosophies, do those thoughts, still impact people today? And in this case, as we you know, as an organization, we're 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 re- wrestling with this, we recognize that that is a barrier. It, mm. You know, it's as bar- as much a barrier as a sign that says whites only, especially for communities of color that we, as our, our core mission, uh, our, our goal is to reach out to and include all communities. How did you go about choosing a new name? We reached out uh, to the, our community and we received um, nearly 2,000 responses, survey responses. We had listening sessions in in communities of color throughout the city, throughout the state. If I may just interrupt, because mm-hmm. I, I, I want to just make sure I understand this. The question for these 2,000 people wasn't, should we change the name? Because the organization, right, had already decided that was not up for public debate. It was, yes. we are going to change it. Give us some guidance about how we should do this and, and what, what you want in a new name. Is that right? That's, that's right, Dave. Uh, thank you. And we felt it was important that we change the name. What we wanted to know is what our community felt we want, wanted our new name to, to express. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. big deal. It on really some is. level, and others, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a name. I mean, I sort of go right. back and forth in my mind about what's about what's in a name. What were your guiding principles, and what did you hear from people, and and what did you want the name, the, a handful of words, to accomplish? Yes, as, as um, most people are aware, that changing a name is is a big deal, as you said. And this organization has been in existence since 1902. Portland um, Audubon was. this With this Audubon in its name. Hmm. So it's, it hasn't always been Portland Audubon, but it's been Oregon Audubon Society and a number of other things. But Audubon has been part of this name for, you know, these, all this time. 
And it's one of the oldest it societies is. in the country. That's correct. It's a yes. surprise for a relatively young city. It, it is. It is. And and our our work has been very consistent throughout that time in conservation, which I'm I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that. But that's one of the things that started coming out in the surveys. Folks wanted us to reference birds somehow in our name. For the f- for the first time, yeah, for the first time, as opposed time, to Audubon being a stand-in for birds, right? And the folks in the know, you know, that do birding and lists know Audubon for that reason. But outside of that, in other communities, that name might actually represent a, a barrier, um, a definitely a problematic. And it's also not something that says birds really outside of that core group of folks that do birding. And f- in fact, some anecdotally, uh, you know, when I ask about um, what folks thought of Audubon. They thought, oh, it's great to be able to drive as fast as you want on that freeway. <laughs> oh, so not, I don't like this man, this enslaver, but I, I don't even know that you're talking about birds. I think you're talking about a, a German highway with uh, with no speed limit. Yes, and, and that's interesting. It's it, it wasn't the main thing that folks came up with, but it was interesting that that was in there. So we recognized there might be a disconnect for folks that were trying to reach and that actually started coming back. What about adding Oregon to this? I mean, is this a reflection of um, a, ch- a broadening of your mission or an acknowledgement that you've always been more than just about Portland? It's an acknowledgement that we've always been more than just about Portland. In fact, uh, our first name under the Audubon was Oregon, Audubon Society of Oregon. Mm-hmm. So we did drop a move away from that. But these were some of the other feedback that we were getting. Is folks wanted us to our name to convey our our presence geographically, what we do, and so we really wanted Oregon or some way to represent working throughout the state to come out in that. Uh, I just want to remind folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking right now with Stuart Wells. He is the executive director of the group that used to be called Portland Audubon. They are now Bird Alliance of Oregon. We asked listeners what they thought of the new name. Scott Dunn said smart people and organizations change their mind with new valid information. Good change. Jason and Shady Creek said, good call, boring new name, but still the right decision. Larry McAvina wrote, I liked avian advocates, but Bird Alliance is fine. Um, Stuart Wells, as you mentioned, the, the new name is intended to remove barriers and increase a sense of, of belonging for, for various groups who may have not felt that um, when it comes to, to birding or um, maybe even access to, to outdoor spaces more broadly. Did you feel those barriers when you were growing up? Well, you know, it's interesting. As a child, I, I wasn't aware of barriers per se, uh, but I did start to recognize that there were these kinds of expectations. For example, when I when I was going into high school, I, I thought about I wanted to be a scientist, and I talked I talked to my counselor, and I said I, I'm really interested in insects, you know, entomology, and they suggested, well, perhaps. You want to go into be an exterminator, so it was a kind of a disconnect with you know what I thought I was capable of doing and what the expectation was. And I should I should I should note uh, this is obvious to me, but maybe not to our listeners that you're a black man. Did did you when when you were told that in high school did did 
you assumed that you were told, ah, if you like bugs, <laughs> I have a job for you. You can kill them. That that was tied to your race. I didn't put that together at the time. I really didn't understand why what I was presenting as a goal for me in my career was turned into this is an expectation that mm. you should, will probably be able to obtain and not, you know, being a scientist. So uh, it's one of those things that I, I collectively call a drizzle of racism, which is, you know, folks' expectations of my abilities or people of color, especially black people, are, is predicated on the, the presentation, the color of their skin. And that's not, one, that's not the only where, place that it is, impacts people of color. It's, it's you know, whether you're, you know, are, are you successful, how you dress, the way you speak, all kinds of other things that come into play. And there, some of them are implicit biases, some are more explicit. A name change is is just one act. I mean, it's in terms of branding and and press releases and logos. I mean, it's there's organizational stuff you have to do, but but it's not a, a complete set of actions. Uh, what else? Where else do you see barriers today in terms of the the being the kind of organization you'd like to be, and and how do you intend to address them? Well, an, another important component of our name is alliance. And that was something that came back from folks. They wanted a sense of unity and belonging to be in the name somehow. So Bird Alliance Oregon, all of those components of the name address each of them. And alliance is a reference to people of like minds working together for nature and ideas and, and expressing a sense of unity and affinity, for, for example. We think that that does a good job uh, of saying what our promise is going forward, hmm. you know, to, to be um, consistent with our, our involvement with bird conservation, to create a welcoming place for folks, you know, an affinity, an alliance, and to, to talk about how we do work throughout the state. The National Audubon Society announced that it would stick with its name right around the same time that you and other chapters said you were going to change yours. They wrote this as part of their explanation. Based on the critical threats to birds that National Audubon Society must urgently address and the need to remain a nonpartisan force for conservation, the board determined that retaining the name would enable NAS to direct key resources and focus towards enacting the organization's missions. In other words, as I read that paragraph... They worried that changing their name would be seen as partisan, and they want to focus their resources on birds, not on a political fight. What do you think of that reasoning? Well, I can't speak for how they ended, ended up on that decision. For our organization, we, it was very clear that this, the name represented a barrier for the communities that we set a goal to reach and to provide access to nature for all. And this, this uh, cop topic of environmental and um, environmental issues and climate change needs everyone at the table. We need all of the voices, uh, especially uh, groups that have been historically marginalized and not involved or, and, and have less access to nature. And in some cases, you know, environmental injustices place them in neighborhoods that have no trees and their heat, you know, their heat islands, a lot of concrete. And we now know that you know access to nature and being in nature provides a, is a healthy a healthy environment for folks. So, 
for us, we, we recognize this is what we need to do. We need to drop that name because as sometimes a barrier is invisible to folks who are not impacted by that barrier. Hmm. They also implied that their funding might be imperiled if they changed their name. Has that been an issue for you? No, we haven't seen any of that uh, become a reality. And again, you know, if there's a barrier represented by the name, it's removed now. And we welcome folks to, to join this organization and, and become part of what we're trying to do, which is to provide access to nature for all and continue our work in conservation and environmental justice. What's the connection for you between an organizational focus on birds? And they are central to your name now, but they've always been central to, to your organization's you know existence. So birds on the one hand and the larger ecosystem or set of ecosystems that they are a part of. Yes, and we wrestled with this because we're trying to find a way of talking about the conservation work that we do. And birds, it turns out, are indicator species. How they're doing is, is telling us how the habitat's doing, how the, the environment is functioning. So when birds aren't doing well, they're not robust, we know that there's something else going on in this habitat. So uh, even though our name just says birds, we do so much more with protecting environment and protecting old growth forests. You've had a really varied career working with cheetahs and reptiles and black-footed ferrets, um, leopard frogs, pygmy owls. Um, I, you know, so I mentioned owls there, but a lot of the animals you've worked with over the course of your, your, your very career in, in conservation biology and wildlife biology, it doesn't seem to have a bird focus. Are, are, do you consider yourself a birder? I'm, I am a, I've worked with a number of bird species. I'm actually, a, I really love birds, but I am so I'm really good at looking at details and recognizing birds, but you know, throughout my graduate work, often my professor would say, that's a, a little brown bird. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so one of the things that I love about this role that I'm in now is I'm learning the very specific details. We have such an amazing professional group of folks that know every aspect about birds and birding, not only our, our, our team that works, but our volunteers, uh, our board members. Has that been humbling? I mean, you bring this deep organizational knowledge and deep conservation biology knowledge, mm -hmm. but it seems like you're around people who have a super deep knowledge mm -hmm. of birds themselves. It's it's humbling, but it's also really exciting because, you know, you get to points in your life where you're looking for ways to, to learn and continue to learn. I think that's really an important thing, and that's one of the really great benefits of working at this organization, being able to lead this organization now, is that there's so many opportunities to learn so much more. Hmm. Stuart Wells, thanks very much for coming in. It was a pleasure talking with you. Well, thank you, Dave. Stuart Wells is the executive director of the organization that is now called Bird Alliance of Oregon. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to spend the hour with the National Book Award winner, Charles Yu. In novels and in short stories, he explores the nature of reality, how we understand what is real, and the assumptions we make about each other and the universe we live in. If you don't miss any of our shows, you can listen on the NPR app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Our nightly rebroadcast is at 8 p.m. 
Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Dave Miller. We'll be back tomorrow. Think Out Loud is supported by Steve and Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, and Michael, Kristen, Andrew, and Anna Kern.